Let's do it. Welcome back to another fun-filled, explosion, bare-chested <laughs> episode of Short Bus Cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Rick, and as always, I've got my cool, can looking helmet-wearing buddy, Johnny Krug. What's up, man? What is up? This is Farber wear on my head. <laughs> oh, man, if we got a movie, that's what they call it, a movie for you guys today. And, and uh, the thing about this one is... Uh, we didn't pick this one. No, 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 no. No, this wouldn't this was brought to us. And I have to say, this is one hundred percent short bus material because it's uh it's just sitting there stinking on the side of the road. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh and the man responsible for that, I've been trying for the longest time to get to do some sort of show with this guy. Uh when I started Hell Ming, I started looking around and noticed everybody that we were associated with, everybody was just doing horror stuff, which is fine. I mean, we still did a lot of horror, too, but I was like, you know, when Danny and I started the show, that's not necessarily what we wanted to do. We wanted to be able to bounce around. And I noticed one other show that was kind of doing that same thing, and that was the guest we got with us today, Lee Russell, on They Must Be Destroyed on Site. And it's a great podcast. You need to check it out sometime. But nonetheless, Lee, how's it going, buddy? Great. Checks in the mail, uh, Ricky, um, <laughs> for, for saying all those nice things. Uh, it's an honor to be on here. Yeah, we've been sort of... Uh, cyber flirting for years now, and finally we've managed to uh, get on the same podcast together at the same time. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah, cool. me too. Long time coming, man. And, and like I said, early on, started listening to the show, and, and it's just a great show, man. I really enjoy it. And uh, you've been a supporter of Hell Mean since day one as well, man. So, uh, you know, checking the mail right back hey. to you. Yes, sir, the check I, I is in you. the mail. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did, uh, we, we both paid each other $100, so it's not like right. we lost any money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, this is going to be a whole bunch of fun. And the movie we are doing is called Death Sport. So it's another Roger Corman special. Uh, I say oh, that crap. loosely. Special. Wait, you guys watched that movie? I watched... Crap. I watched <laughs> Death Sport with Marley Matlin. <laughs> <laughs> My movie was probably a lot different. What? Probably a lot better. <laughs> I watched Death Sport, Marley Matlin, man. There was a lot of what's in there. She couldn't hear anything. <laughs> oh. That was a cheap shot. I, you know, I planned that joke out and it did not fly like I wanted it to. No, that's pretty so, good. That's let's pretty just good. go on over that one. <laughs> yeah, you might want to keep that one out of your tight five, but otherwise, uh, you know. It, well, at any point of the movie, did she say this? Have you ever taste my pancakes? <laughs> you know, earlier when you were saying the movie by the curb, I was just thinking Garbage Day from <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Garbage Day! <laughs> that. Yeah. Garbage yeah. Day! We'll definitely do that one. <laughs> All right, before we start ranting on other movies that we should be covering, 
We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back, and we will come back with some death sport right back at you. Morgan, and I want to welcome you to the House of Wax podcast. I cover the greatest horror movies ever made, and I also share with you what it is in these movies that make these classics. So how is this pod any different from the other thousands of horror podcasts? Well, first, you can actually see the episodes on my YouTube channel with all the bells and whistles you crave. And it's also a podcast, so it can travel with you. Two formats that work great together, and with upcoming side episodes filled with interviews, contests, and movie commentaries, it's sure to keep the blood pumping. So join us and become a horror maniac at the House of Wax. That's Wax. W-H-A-C-K-S. A proud member of Legion Podcast. Catch us everywhere you listen to pods. So it's time you give it a listen. Let's go! And now for our feature presentation. All right, we're back with Death Sport from 1978, which is funny because I thought this this looked like an 80s movie to me, but um, this is rated R. It is uh, The IMDb score for it is 3.8, which Ooh. I'm, I'm not going to show my hand too early, but that seems pretty high. <laughs> it's a little generous, yeah. It is. This movie stars David Carradine, who uh, you know, you know, whenever he'd leave the set after um, you know working on movies, he was always just kind of hanging around. Um, Claudia Jennings, yeah, yeah, Richard Lynch, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> David McLean. Uh, but this movie, it was uh, directed by Alan Arkush, as well as two other directors. It says Roger Corman is uncredited, but he actually did direct some of it. Yeah. But uh, Alan Arkush, the only thing I could see that he directed that. Um, that was really notable because he's done a ton of TV. But the main thing was um, Rock and Roll High School, which yep. to me is that's a that's a classic. Yeah. Um, but other than that, his I think he did uh, he he did also um, what was it Hollywood Boulevard, another Corman yes. movie, which he is just pretty came, good. Yeah, he just came off he he was just finishing that, and he was brought in to to fill in after the original director uh, got. Fired and also forcibly ejected from the production, basically by David Carradine himself. So, oh yeah. wow! Well, you yeah, have, was... yeah, wow, you have some history on this. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear some of that because yeah. I mean, I didn't know any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, this was a troubled production. Let's put it that way. It, you know, I, I I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like Carradine yeah. at his most drunk, obnoxious. I'm the king around here stage. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can see it, man. I mean, there's scenes when you're like, dude, he is just, 
he is wasted. <laughs> you know, they're sitting there looking at each other. We'll get to it, but he's like, yeah, I, I am you, and you, you are me, and we feel things together. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this movie is written by Francis Dole, who did Crazy Mama, Big Bad Mama. Both, av- the, both of those are uh, Corbin movies. I didn't realize she wrote Avalanche, which they covered on the last, uh, the, the revival of Mystery Science Theater, which is actually pretty funny. Um, it's bad, though. But she did Raptor, Dino Croc, and Super Gator, which tells me that she's kind of one note in some capacity. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just couldn't get that, like, mutated, like, lizard film off the ground. <laughs> but, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but being the soundtrack to this movie, um, the only thing that really stood out was Jerry Garcia did guitars and yeah, that's what that's the first thing. The first note I have it says guitar by Jerry Garcia when it comes up on the screen, but the music sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> no guitars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they filtered all the guitars through like a soundboard of some sort. So. <laughs> I think Jerry Garcia showed up just like out of his mind on acid and thought the keyboard was a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this new guitar, man! It's stringless. <laughs> or, he, or, or he showed he showed up without his guitar plugged in, and he started playing, and everyone was like, "Should we tell him he's not plugged in?" No, just give him his check. <laughs> oh man, Jerry, Jerry's cool, man. Just let him sit there and play, man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It, it can't be any stranger than that John Paul Jones soundtrack we got last week. So, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny is this movie, it, it, the whole time I, I was thinking about this movie with the, the, the cast and everything, um, I was thinking about how much it does relate to last week's movie because the soundtrack should have been competent, the actors should have been competent, the, <laughs> the, the, there's, there were so many things that should have been there, but you, what, I, what I took away from this movie was boobs, explosions, and a lot of chasing. Yeah, and... Nothing but exposition for an hour and a half. <laughs> That's it, folks. That's the show. Uh, Where's it set on the bus now? <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of those eighty-minute movies where you kind of finish it and think to yourself, "Yeah, they could have shaved twenty minutes off of this shit easily, <laughs> easily." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do think they should have kept the shock scenes in there though, because just because of the you know the nudity, but. <laughs> Which we I'm a little def- biased there. We will definitely talk about that when we get to it, because, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to open up this movie with David Carradine riding around on a horse half-naked, minding his own business, and Richard Lynch and some guys in some sweatsuits <laughs> on some motorcycles <laughs> trying to catch him by shining flashlights at him. That's the best way I can describe the opening of this film. You want to hear how I described it? Go ahead. I, 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 wrote, I wrote Ted Nugent's running around with a sword killing spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Nugent, all right. Kind of is, yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, the, the, those laser like we should just talk about the laser guns here really quick. They're they're basically painted stage lights with yeah. handles on them, and they're like they're the most impractical laser guns you could <laughs> ever hope to think of. And the only reason anyone carries them is so David Carradine can kill somebody and grab one and start using it on against them. It's like right. and. Well, there yeah. are several times where they call them blasters, and I'm like, they're not blasting, they're dissolving everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the only good benefit out of this, out of these scenes, because I thought, okay, the dissolve scenes, if I was, I don't know, 11, I would have said, all right, that's kind of cool. They I did mean, them well, yeah, they did them well. Yeah. Yeah. 
the pe- if, if you look at the people around them whenever they're doing those scenes, like it's pretty flawless where the people are still in the same position and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Dave Carradine pulls out what seems to be just a large astro pop for a sword. Yes. <laughs> Kills three dudes. Yes. These swords are it's- amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> this is this is like this is like back in the eighties when uh, pe- when parents were still cool with like giving their their kids like swords and guns to play right. with, you know, yep. from cartoons and stuff like that. So this would have been like a cheap ripoff of like a He-Man sword or something like that. Like you'd go to Kmart and find like the off-brand fucking sword uh, from. <laughs> this is this is the flea market see-through He-Man sword. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But that's what it like. You know, the old, the old suckers used to get in the '80s. The, the Astro Pops. That's kind of what it looks like. It's like, wow. Yeah. I don't remember Astro Pops, but I thought uh, uh, Ring Pops the whole time. Oh, Ring Pops. <laughs> yeah, like giant Ring Pops. Yeah. The Astro Pops, <laughs> Pops were shaped just like the sword. I just kept waiting him to, to like maybe lick one of the swords and like just stick it on somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> like rip their face off, man. That'd been killer. I tell you what, man. That would have that would have bumped this up on the bus for me. Yeah, that would have bumped it right up. <laughs> so I, I like I like how the when in this opening scene, uh, Richard Lynch, who is I think everybody's favorite B movie oh, yeah. bag or one of them anyway. Um, the the first thing he uses is this infrared scope that is totally useless. Like he's using it, <laughs> and it's it's a red filter. It's like you can barely see through it. And we actually get a point of view shot of that, and it's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> well, I I love the scene too because like he tells everybody to wait. He's like, just wait, wait, and then all of a sudden they all start jumping at at, at, uh, at Ted Nugent, and he keeps telling him, he's like, wait, he's gonna kill you all. <laughs> it's like. Ted, you're just going to town, man. It's freaking Wango's a tango yeah. out there. <laughs> Wango's a tango! <laughs> yeah, we want to catch him. We don't want to kill him, but he's killing all of us. So, you know, your plan's not exactly. really working, Rich. <laughs> they're, they're all doing, like, they're, they're all doing, like, parkour moves. They're all jumping around the rocks and shit. Like, Dave Carradine oh, yeah. jumps 20 feet. Well, he's supposed to have jumped 20 feet, but you can <laughs> see halfway through the shot. Uh, him bending his knees to hit the fucking crash pads. You're, you're, just... you're talking about the the, the slow mo shot, right? Mm. <laughs> I love that. That slow mo shot is just so unnecessary. <laughs> but the next, next shot shows that he hadn't bended his knees at all. He drops right to his feet, like nothing happened. You know, it's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, I love that. <laughs> they catch him, then they take him away, and then we we get a scene where Richard Lynch goes and talks to his whacked out boss. And they have this conversation where they say the word death more times than I could really count. You can make a drinking game just out of this one scene. But that guy got a shot of that here. Gold <laughs> We've captured four range guides. And in the combat lost only two death machines. Only two. You think that's an accomplishment? If they <laughs> destroy the death machines in the death sport, it could be catastrophic. <laughs> Can't you understand? People must be made to believe that riding a death machine will make them as powerful as a guy. As a guy? (laughs) It is crucial to the war effort. It's the death with the death machines. If we get the death machines, we can do the thing. (laughs) Yeah. 
We're going did to we, death the death out of them. <laughs> did we get the Did we get the title word "death" in there enough? Uh, should we should, should we mention that the uh, the guy who's playing the uh, mayor or the lord of the city or whatever looks just like Johnny Cash? <laughs> he really does. <laughs> I don't get his uh, sort of uh, being bothered by two death uh, machines being destroyed, considering right. later on he puts these people in, in games with the death machines, and they're clearly <laughs> just blowing up 8,000 of them every time they have a match. That's the thing I couldn't understand either, because they had this conversation here, and he's even talking about during the death, the death match that's in the thing of, we don't need to lose any de- death machines. I'm like, yeah, it kind of goes against the whole logic of this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know one thing, though, like that, that didn't make sense to me was, okay, so this movie is a thousand years after the Great Neutron War, whatever the hell that means. That's the Neutron <laughs> but, Dance. That's the Pointer Scissors. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so busy with the Neutron Dance. No, but, uh, freaking, uh, so, so, okay, so Carradine is part of a group they call Range Guides, and then they That's talk about the Cannibal Mutants, <laughs> but what, what what is what is David Lynch's people? What are they? Statesmen. Yeah, the Do they say that though? Yeah, uh, they they do say it like once or twice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't catch that because I'm like I'm like I, the, they set it up in the in the, in the opening dialogue there or the or the epilogue or whatever where they're like, yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> it's a uh, you know it's the mutants and they only show the mutants for a good like five seconds at the beginning. Yeah. There, so the good... entire movie you're waiting for. You're like okay. Well, <laughs> Well, there's a good reason why they only show the mutants for five seconds, but we'll get to that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We'll get to that in the third act, yeah. yeah. All, all people need to understand about the whole sort of range guys, statesman thing is that the range guides are Jedi and the statesmen are the Empire. Yep. Because this movie rips off Star Wars oh, hardcore. Yeah. Yep. Matter of fact, there's even a scene later on we'll talk about with the sound effects that is directly a TIE mm-hmm. fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I that. Oh. oh man, it's it's the exact same side. But anyways, we cut away because now they decide that you know Richard Lynn says we have to get another guide to be in this thing in order to arrange range guides. Is that what we call them? Yeah, range guides. What is a? That's a stupid name. <laughs> it is a dumb name. It sounds like somebody who's who works for the wildlife and park recreation. <laughs> like. It's it like, sounds, would you like to come on my tour with the range guy? <laughs> we'll show like, you the Rocky Mountains. It sounds more like a tool, you know, like a, like an appliance. It's the new range guide. From <laughs> George Foreman Grill or something? From Craftsman. Right. <laughs> the new Craftsman oh, range guides. The yes. Craftsman range guide. Yeah, that's it, man. But yeah, so they decide that they, <laughs> they need another range guide to be in the event. So they go after a female one because supposedly they're more powerful. Is that the explanation for this? Yes, but yeah. they say that this one's the most powerful. Claudia He's, Jennings' character is is definitely like I guess they sort of say that yeah the females are definitely the more powerful ones, but it's actually uh, David Carradine's mother apparently right. was the most powerful one, and then Ankar Moore killed her and do in a duel yeah. like yeah. Her. yeah Mama Nuge she was the she was the one he killed yeah Mama Nuge yeah <laughs> Mama Nuge. <laughs> So then we cut away to a group of homeless retards on horseback led by a female guy. <laughs> and this group, I, man... Some, some of the dialogue in this scene exactly. does not even seem like it was, like, written. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I don't... I don't. I think there was a lot of rewrites on this script, and then there was just a lot of improvision because David Carradine was probably telling people, like, you're not saying that. I'm yeah, not saying that. We're changing that. That sucks. <laughs> Let's do it this way. Well, yeah. 
Well, there's that. There's the. There's the. There, the women are there, like coming up with a plan, and some random bearded guy comes up, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on, guys?" <laughs> like, what the hell? Get, get out of the scene! You're not supposed to be in the scene. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that these these uh, the the bad guys on the motorcycles on the death machines, they're wearing those '70s sweat suits that when you used to wear when you wanted to lose weight. You know, you put them on just mm-hmm. make you sweat. The the like plastic oh, suits. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. like this looks space age. Let's just wear these. <laughs> I hope I hope they got more pay because that must have been excruciating to oh, film man. the desert wearing those things, man. Man, and the full helmets and everything. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, so our group that's riding across the desert, they're riding across, and here comes <laughs> here comes the sweatsuit dudes on the motorcycles, the AKA death machines. And I tell you, man, I think they just ripped off just sound sounds from Hanna Barbera. I mean, just oh. from everywhere. I mean, listen to these motorcycles. Dude, they're bad. That's a Roadrunner sound right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that particular sound bite will haunt your dreams because uh, they play it excruciatingly <laughs> over and over again. Like if you get five bites in a row driving in a scene, you'll hear that five times repeated without a break in the loop. It's just like <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil this movie at all for anybody listening. But if you get to the third act of this movie and the actual death sport, you hear that that loop like a hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> you hear it a lot. <laughs> so out here, the motorcycles, they recognize that, that they're, they're coming. But that's when the people realize <laughs> they're just, I don't know, they're trying to be on the run. But then we get this conversation where we can't decide if there's mutants or not. <laughs> and it kind of it goes like this. Recognize them? No, but they might be mutants. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Are they mutants? Get what back is that? <laughs> well, shouldn't we try to outrun them? I said get back to your people. <laughs> <laughs> they're on the plot, just ahead. Yep, they're mutants. Are they mutants? I don't know. Are they mutants? They're mutants, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. It's the time of the, it's the time it's a, it's that time of reckoning split decision. And we will mm. tell we will definitely talk about these mutants in a little bit. So, man. Oh my god. Can't they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wanna wanna be sand people. That's all I can say. <laughs> I I no, I texted somebody while I was watching this and I said, cuz I was texting her the whole movie as I was writing these notes. And once I got to that third act, I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'm not going to say yeah. anything now, but we'll get there. So let's just say also the filmmakers were not happy with how those mutants looked. <laughs> so <laughs> they know. God. They know. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, so, thank God. Yeah. Like, I can't see Corman doing anything this slow ever. No, he's <laughs> Corman. A lot of Corman. Corman yelled at, at the uh, uh, filmmakers when he saw the dailies of this with the mutants <laughs> oh, in it. He was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> so we get a standoff here where... You know, the, the our, our people are fighting against the guys on the bikes, and then the mutants come down. They kidnap a little girl because I guess that's just what mutants do for fun. I don't really know why they just picked on the little girl. But hey, well, you're supposed to eat people, but I mean, our she she lasts throughout the whole movie. Spoilers, and you know, 
it's like, what are they waiting for her to grow up before they eat her? Or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's another thing too, though. Like, because because the, the mom's like, oh, we're going into battle. You can't come with us. She's like, I'm coming with you. No, you're not. And they just leave her by herself. Oh, really? In that, in that area? <laughs> it seems a little bit shaky. <laughs> I don't know. It's a sketchy area. Which explains why the rest of them are all captured and taken back to the city. And then you get, yeah. <laughs> then you get this exactly. incredible scene of a of <laughs> David Carradine in a drunken stupor fighting a big metal door. <laughs> oh yeah, no. This is this is this is David Carradine who hasn't had weed in a couple hours, and he just. He's not even acting here. This isn't method or anything. This is just he was pissed off and he was probably he probably woke up in the room and like he probably legit thought he was trapped in a room. Uh, probably <laughs> these these uh, space nineteen ninety nine sets that he's yes. uh, jumping up. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's a good call. I like that. But yeah, and then he's in one room and he calms down and he looks across. Well, actually, he gets shocked. <laughs> Yeah, the, the they dude, tell him, they warn him, they say, you see, touch the beginning, get shocked. Right, and it happens to be, I, I'm thinking, I, I may be wrong, but it almost looks like the guy that played Tiger Man in the Buck Rogers series. I think it's the same guy. <laughs> Might have been. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. I, I, I will say there there is a, a visual uh, sign of the budget here where there there are, if you notice, the guards for this area of the city that they're trapped in, they wear black suits instead of the jumpsuits. Right. Um, if you uh, concentrate a little bit, uh, those suits are actually from the gorillas from Planet of the Apes. It's it's uh, reused suits. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Man. <laughs> hey, Corbin knows how to save a buck, man. Like, <laughs> you know. I, was, I was telling my wife earlier about that, and I was, like, I was talking about this movie we're doing. I said, well, I said it kind of falls off the back, you know, off the heels of, of Death Race. I said, she's like, what? I was like, yeah. I said he was trying to carry this thing out. I said, but Corman's this kind of guy. You basically walk in the in the, in the storage building. And you go, hey, there's a dinosaur outfit, a bulldozer, some chicken eggs, and a palm tree. Let's make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. it's the law of diminishing returns with Corman. He had a big hit with Death yep. Race 2000. Right. So it's like, let's make another one of these because you know Rollerball and all this other stuff's really popular right now. Let's capitalize on this. All right, I'm I'm game. Roger, I'll make the movie for you. By the way, we're going to cut the budget in half. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, never a good sign. But he looks across... Hey, Roger, the- how do you feel about googly eyes? <laughs> <laughs> should we, well, should we just... <laughs> well, I think you just gave it away. Should we talk about it? <laughs> no, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. But right now, we're at the point where David Carradine calms down. He looks across the hall, I guess. And there's another door for a prison cell I guess and chicks on the other side there and I don't know if they're reading minds or if they can really hear each other because they're not talking very loud but they can hear each other as plain as day <laughs> the lips aren't moving very much either yeah I mean yeah they, they only do they only do this uh, parent mental communication thing like once and then it's like well that doesn't really establish it for the audience guys if you're never going to do it again then it just kind of feels weird right because I mean later in the movie there's there's that whole like, connection she has with all these people but it's like you don't really know what that is like they never explain what that is like what that connection is it's just like the women just have this special gift and I'm like you know what some, things are, some things are better left un, un, unsolved though because I'd rather have that than metachlorians anytime well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. The reason that didn't happen is because George Lucas hadn't written it yet. That's <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the the girl that's been captured 
was also with David Carradine sometime when they did some kind of range thing before where they had to travel together. And I think she was even there when his mom actually got killed. So there's all this kind of backstory that's going on. Hold on. Let me, let me jump in for a second. (laughs) The, uh, this is the, this is the, yeah. Cause she was there when when the mom was killed. Um, there's the whole backstory and there's that line where it's like his mother could do things nobody else could do. You know, she could predict wind from like three days away. <laughs> what? <laughs> she could predict wind. So she was actually. She, so she was actually the best weather girl in the territory. Like you know. Yeah. Well, I didn't understand that line. Like, what does that even mean? Like, she could. She, it was so like such a throwaway line. But they do like later on. They make some sort of mention out of nowhere of, of how like apparently there's these really bad winds that can just like rip you to pieces or whatever. Oh. But they, they they never expound upon it any. It's 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 actually just a line from the doctor's son, who is one of the most <laughs> annoying characters in this film. Oh, you mean Tom Petty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had those teeth, man. He had those petty teeth, dude. He had those chompers, man. I thought that the entire time. Yeah, I've got some good laughs from him, too. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. But yeah, we <laughs> we also didn't we didn't say about the doctor. He, the doctor got captured too. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That at this scene is where the actual where the doctor goes in and and, and he's working on the the head honcho, <laughs> and, and he tells him, "I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> I believe that you are losing control of your reasoning faculties. You mean I'm going mad? Your brain is decaying, my lord. And I must tell Jerry you, Garcia back there." So he's telling him that he needs, he needs to step down because you're losing your mind, dude. And he's like, he's not having any of it. So he he says, yes, doctor. And he takes him out in the hallway. The man's arrested. You liar. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that seems that seems really meta, actually, because that's that's essentially the doctor stepping in as a surrogate for the audience talking to the director. You're screwing this up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you get Richard Lynch goes in and talks to the captives, and him and, and David Carradine just start talking in pig Latin for some reason because you kind of get this thing. What is your name? A name I can be proud of. Kaz O'Shea. Son of O'Shea. <laughs> okay, eh? Brother O'Shea. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> I know your mother. Yes. She gave you your disgrace, Angar Moore. You who betrayed the consciousness. Your dishonor is a legend. My dishonor is your fantasy. <laughs> Boy, talk about some burns. Okenshay. ODK. Xnay on the Otten Ray. <laughs> they're, they're speaking carny to each other. Like, what the hell? <laughs> So then I've got the next line I've got wrote down. It says the doctor's mentally challenged son decides to break them all out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know what? Okay. So how did they contact him? Because he, he mentioned like his son could do this, but like, did what happened? Like, did I miss something? His son yeah, was I traveling. Yeah. His son okay. was traveling and somehow he, he took off on his own and got there. And when he got there, I think he saw some kind of son, that said his father was either missing or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't hold up. There's no logic because once you get to know the son, this this dude's dumb. Yeah, man. <laughs> There's oh, he's no way. 
I'm surprised he even knew what town he was supposed to be going to. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Half the time you watch him, it's like the uh, Carradine and, and Claudia Jennings have to basically give him stage directions as they're filming. Like, no, you move over there. Uh, go over there. Like, <laughs> he's just like, huh? <laughs> uh, and this, this is where we try to break out, and then they get captured again and get gassed, and then we get to one of the torture scenes, and. <clears throat> You can almost set a clock to this movie because it's like every so many seconds or every so many minutes, we have to have another one of these scenes. <laughs> but so we start off with the the crazy guy in charge, the head honcho, has Cash. this room set up that I don't even know how you describe it. It looks like a seventies discotheque. <laughs> yeah, wind chimes, basically. Wind chimes. <laughs> There's lights all over those. So it's very, I don't know, it's very like, it's its like they tried to be futuristic, but they had no idea how. Exactly. <laughs> That's the 70s. We're going to put some Christmas lights on these poles. Yeah. On these wind chimes. So they strip her down completely naked. She's not afraid of showing everything, apparently, but she's in here kind of dancing around. And then he just starts shocking her for no reason. I mean, I guess this is just part of the torture process, I guess. So uh, yeah. it it happens so many times in this movie. I think it's more than that. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it's just like what what are we getting out of this? I mean, I know what we're getting out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting Playboy Playmate Playmate uh, Claudia Jennings. Yeah, right yeah. down to the right down to the Beaver getting yeah. shocked by wind times. Yeah, a- absolutely. And then it they were to, not scared to go full frontal in this movie. No, mm-hmm. not one bit. And then you got David Carradine over here just getting whipped. I don't know if you. If y'all actually go back and watch this, the, the dude that's whipping him hits him like, I don't know, 70 times right here in this one scene. And then when he's done, there's only like four marks on his back. But it's just like, I mean, you yeah. see the guy just, I mean, it just keeps going and keeps going. And he's like, that's enough. And he even has to stop the dude because he wants to keep going. <laughs> but really, then they pan back and there's only like three or four marks on his back. I'm like, wow. <laughs> He's just really accurate with that whip, man. He yeah, just yeah. he's got four spots he wanted to hit, and he just kept hitting them over again. Oh man! And then you know he I gets. Know, I, just, ba- I, I know now. I, I would actually do an indie film called The Passion of the Caradine. <laughs> <laughs> so they take him back to the cell and they drop him down, and and our female hero is in there as well. And apparently she's found some volumizer for her hair because <laughs> one minute it's just like kind of normal looking, and then it's just like boom it's like Farrah Fawcett big all of a sudden mm-hmm. maybe the electricity who knows <laughs> it must be it must be really humid in those rooms that's what it was right right and then we get some weird poetry and a massage <laughs> that, that was weird like so so he's like I need you or he's what does he say he's like I need you or yeah she's like alright Leo so, she's like alright Leo Sayer I hear you <laughs> <laughs> so, so he lays on his stomach and she starts doing this voodoo and the other guy the old guy with the dude next to him with his son is like hey watch this this is gonna blow your mind watch this <laughs> this shirtless dude that's getting like a total like mental hump by this woman here like, watch this watch it's gonna be awesome I'm like what are what's going this isn't a spectator sport what are you guys doing it's the, it's the doctor talking to his son he's like you're gonna see something that most people have never seen <laughs> like he, he's already going he's more interested in eating paint off the wall than he is seeing anything else going on. <laughs> that's the thing it's like you might as well watch this now cause you're not gonna live long enough to touch a woman yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
And then the guards break in again and shoot the main characters again with a stun gun. And then we get to make a lot of crazy faces under some strobe lights. And this is what's amazing about this scene where they're torturing them again. is because when David Carradine's being shocked, he's still got a loincloth on. Mm-hmm. But not her, man. She's, she's nope. stripped back down to nothing again. It's like, yeah, we know where we're going with this. <laughs> yeah, no, all, all, I, all I really picked up from that is Claudia Jennings strapped down to a table naked moaning. Okay. Yep. Yep, that sells tickets. Yep. <laughs> uh, I wrote down, I guess this is death sport training. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, I mean, it's just like a strobe light right over their face, and they're just making faces. I mean, that's all it really is. <laughs> uh, then I said, <laughs> the guards take them down a hallway and give them a couple of helmets that look like old-timey can openers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Carradine puts that one on and he like hits a dude in the stomach with it. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Did we headbutts him? Yeah. That was awesome. Well, he's not I, headbutts him, but he like he rams into him. I'm betting that wasn't in the script. I think Carradine was just fucking with him. <laughs> I know what else You're wasn't in the script. Probably right. <laughs> I know what else wasn't in the script either. <laughs> the guy that's doing all the, 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 the dialogue right here is that's definitely not his voice. It's just like, okay, you over here. And you look at the guy, it's like, yeah, that's not his voice at all. <laughs> so now it's time for death sport. And then the you know the head honcho comes out, and I tell you what, I have to say, some of these matte paintings, which the one of the city when they're approaching the city earlier is crap. It's <laughs> it looks yes. bad. It's like they just painted yeah, on the side no, of a cardboard I, I, I box. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. But when they when they're in here and they're about to start the tournament. I tell you, man, it looks a whole lot like episode one of Star Wars. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. It really I'll does. Tell you, I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this. Like, as far as everything this movie has going for it, I will say that, like, a lot of the effects and stuff were really on point in a lot of the painting and art direction and stuff. For the time, I sure. think it was, it was it was everything that surrounded it that kind of, like, corrupted <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, there's something funny about the, the city when, when they're coming up to it that just looks pretty crappy. But I was really impressed you with know this one. It, it reminded me of Wizard of Oz when they were going up to the city at the beginning. Very true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> much like that. Like, it, which is funny though, because you know there's a good forty year gap between the movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like it probably should have looked better. <laughs> <laughs> they were working on the same budget they worked on with, with Wizard of Oz, though, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. And this is where we get the explanation of the power of, of the death machines, where he's up there and he's talking to the crowd, which you never really see a crowd. It's just you can tell it's just him, you know, a little stage set. Anyways, you do see Linnea Quigley in this. That's uncredited. right. What? Yeah. Are you serious? She's one of the blonde girls in in this uh, in the background. Holy crap! I did not catch her. Do you actually see her though? Like you can recognize yep. her? Yeah, you see her. She's she's wow. a little puff, she's a little puff, young and puffy faced. Like she's still got the baby fat on her. So but it's yeah. like it's like Savage Streets. Yeah, what Savage Streets movie? era. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Johnny's a fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love yeah, I love Linnea. I mean, I don't really care for the you know the the brutal stuff with her, but you know, yeah. I, I I do like Linnea. Uh, so, anyways, this is the thing. It doesn't make any sense going back to the speech that he gives Richard Lynch earlier about you know we can't lose any of the death machines, even though we're going to send some guys out here on them and let them destroy each other on death machines. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you got a couple of guys that come out and, like, do basically a joust kind of thing going on. And, uh, you know, it's kind of typical. Again, if I saw this when I was probably 11, I would have thought, this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah dude. It, it really does. It really does. If you, I swear, as a kid, this movie would be amazing. Yeah, like, the explosions alone. Yeah, the explosions are great. This was all Alan Ar- Arkush. This this was all his stuff oh. uh, that he was brought in to do. Uh, the, the original director, Nicholas Nissi Four, credited as Henry as yeah as Henry Suzo. He was doing all like the mystical stuff and like the duel that was shot really early yeah. and all that. But yeah, then they brought then they brought uh, then they brought in Ar- Arkush and was like, make this movie work. So put in some explosions. <laughs> Well, according, I mean, according to IMDb, I mean, this is the only thing that the other director ever did. He did one more movie, I think, and after that, after that all he did is write stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I see a lot of writing gigs and stuff, but yeah, like, the show's just directing this one. Yeah, can I just briefly, might as well just get get it over with why he was <laughs> sort of ejected from this? Sure. Um, uh, I guess there's two contrasting stories here. Uh, we never got Claudia Jennings' story because she passed away, right? But years later, uh, Henry Suzo basically wrote this sort of uh, series of posts about how um, David Carradine was constantly high and drunk on the set and and how when he went over to meet Derek, David Carradine at his house, um, David Carradine like threw his dog over his balcony for shitting Jesus on Christ. his Christ! <laughs> yeah, holy it, crap! He, he said he said a lot of nasty things about Carradine, and apparently uh, this was right around the end of Claudia Jennings' uh, cocaine habit that she apparently got over by the next time she did a film. But uh, apparently she was so high on one of the motorcycles that the director tried to pull her off of it forcefully to stop her from hurting herself, and David Carradine beat the crap out of him for doing that. Jesus! So yeah. Oh my God. That is some guerrilla filmmaking, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I don't know. There's some weird things I don't understand about this movie, but I, I'll let you guys go. So when you actually see David Carradine cut this guy's head off on the motorcycle, it's the director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they run them out. They say, okay, it's your turn. They make, make them run out, and you got people on motorcycles riding around, or death machines, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So you got a lot of chaos going on here. And, of course, they've already figured out when they were watching the motorcycles earlier, they're like, the the hand controls and the feet control look pretty easy to understand. And so they're already planning on taking off at some of these things. And, uh, you know, you get typical 80s motorcycles jumping over dirt hills, disappearing in midair, you know, shooting people with flashlights, all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, so Lee, Lee, let me ask you, man. Um, so you said when with that director when he posted it like was it on social media or was it like in a book? It I think it was on a like forum posts on a website like years ago. I don't oh, okay. I don't cool. collected, but apparently that's what happened. Um, I would just like to read it because that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I would too. I don't know where they are if, if they're archived anywhere, but uh, it, David Carradine apparently responded to it as well. So oh shit, <laughs> I can imagine what that's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always heard back at this time he was he was pretty hard to, to deal with anyways David Carradine was so and you know yeah. you, know, you kind of see why at all I, I didn't know <laughs> well yeah he came off big movies and he was doing a bunch of stuff for Corman like he was under contract for Corman after doing a, like a bunch of breakout films for him yeah. and and he was just he was cock of the walk he was like you know I'm, I'm gonna do whatever I want and he's like I'm not gonna say this line I'm gonna hey I'm maybe gonna feel up Claudia Jennings a little bit more than what this <laughs> called for you know <laughs> You've got now the doctor and his retarded son and our other, <laughs> our other people out on the field. And they decide that, you know, they're going to steal some motorcycles and they, you know, get motorcycles and take off. <laughs> yeah. 
Should we just describe these death machines? By the way, that they have like the, a bigger version of the of these these really crappy blasters on them, you know. So they got right. the stage with light blasters on them. They got sheet metal. Yeah, you can uh, tell wield it on. <laughs> yeah, these are, and these are Yamaha street bikes. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently, apparently putting the sheet metal on it uh, really unbalanced them and made them too heavy to do the stunts. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, because so, I was just I was just gonna ask, like, do you do you when they show several of them together, did it not seem like they were wobbly as hell? <laughs> like, just yeah, no, really wobbly. People got hurt on the set. Apparently, the edges of them were very sharp too. Apparently, people were getting chopped up and oh and, and just like burning out and crashing and stuff and hurting themselves because of these things. It's Ooh, death so. sport. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you knew what you signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> Your job is now death sport. <laughs> yeah, go 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 give some powder to freaking uh, Ted Nugent. Get on the set. <laughs> uh, so how do you make all these scenes even better? Yeah, some randomly placed landmines. <laughs> you know, you just got explosions going off left and right, man. And like I said, the four of them managed to to take off. And these bikes, like you said, are just horrific. Even by the standards of back then, they still don't look that impressive. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mega Force bikes look way cooler than these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that Josh Brolin? It was a mm. uh, uh, dude from uh, dude from Rocky Horror. Um, Bostwick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Bostwick. Yeah, yeah. yeah Bostwick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I, I got it mixed up. So, hey... What do we need now? Since we've got some action going on and we're taking off the bikes, we need some more nudity, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love this next scene, though, because th- is this the one where the woman's actually, like, pole dancing? Yeah, she's, like, dancing mm-hmm. like a solid gold dancer. Yeah, she's, like, straight up all over this place. And, and it's funny because, like, I didn't understand the scene because I'm like, well, is this, like, did he hire her? Is this, like, like, an act? And then, no, no, halfway through it, he starts shocking the hell out of her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, and I, I even got that. I started to think he was auditioning dance girls for a new club. <laughs> yeah, well, this scene, the scene does turn hands, and I don't understand why what happens next happened. But he uh, goes in there, gets shocked himself, and yeah. apparently dies. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Did, okay, that, okay, that's that's all there is to it then. Let's <laughs> yeah. say it. So you take out the big baddie. Yeah, it's just he <laughs> kills himself. The next scene, yeah, the next scene. Uh, Richard Lynch. He's like, he gets to get like the he's getting the message. Yeah, oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I get that right here. Here we go. Lord Zapola yeah. is dead. It's over. How do you know? <laughs> I like that. Take me down to the Halak City. But I will show them that no man escapes my justice. <laughs> oh man, poor Richard what exactly Lynch. Is this justice, man. Like I love Richard Lynch, but I didn't understand the point. Like why? Okay, so I understand the the guy who was above him. It kind of I understand what what why they were going after these people, but like I don't understand after he died why Richard Lynch would feel so inclined to keep going that direction. Like, it was a pride thing? I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, because well, yeah, you don't, he's like, dude, you can just stop now. Like, just stop. Well, he's got the, he's got the grudge of David Carradine, and I think, I think they make some sort of uh, hint in the, in the actual screenplay, uh, the quote unquote screenplay for this, that, uh, 
that uh, if, if he went back empty-handed, the right. people would probably turn on him right away, too, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, maybe I'm giving this film way too much credit. <laughs> no, I think that's actually right. I mean, there was the, the point of nobody leaves death sport and gets away, so, I mean, that would just make everybody... You know, lose their faith in what you know the controlling factors here at this this city, at uh, yeah, Silac City or whatever it was. <laughs> nobody, the first rule of death sport is nobody talks about death sport. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's got to go kill him. One, he's got a grudge against him. Richie really doesn't because he's already killed his mom. So he's kind of like, yeah, so what? I'll kill you too. Yeah. But he can't what? let anybody come back. He can't come back empty-handed, and he can't let them return. You know, without being captured. So that's. Yeah. That's the whole point of this. Yeah, yeah. the yeah the Lord Z- Zapata or whatever that stupid name is. Yeah. Um, he he just dies like a dies like a bitch, really. And <laughs> the Emperor doesn't die like a bitch. So yeah, but I mean, again, George Lucas hadn't written written it yet, so nobody knew. Yeah. Okay. Just- so 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 Lee said it, and Ricky said it. You said you know the whole the stupid name. Ricky said about the range guides. The names in this movie of characters is just so dumb, oh, yeah. so poorly, man. It's like he's poorly written. I'm like, because I, I was sitting there like, because I always try to make notes about what their names are, and I'm like, these names are just so obnoxiously stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just like, they can't be simple. There's nothing simple. There's not one name that's like just oh. Well, I guess I mean, I mean, I think Denier or whatever. She's like the, the most simple. Yeah, and then like the doctor is Dark Doctor Carl. So you think that's his first name at first, but then his son is Marcus Carl. So it's oh okay. His, his name's Xavier Martricius Carl. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from now for a lot of this movie now you just get a lot of filler, a lot of just chasing, mm-hmm. uh, driving bikes across fields, stopping at an abandoned factory, sleeping in there. Stupid things where he like shoots that rat and he goes, oh, "I was just chest- yeah." He just <laughs> that was weird. He, he, he's supposed to be the Zen Buddhist warrior yeah. future monk dude, and he just kills a rat for no reason. Like what the hell? That that was. I mean, I didn't I didn't understand any of that. That was so weird. <laughs> oh. oh, and then I said they they go hang out in this old abandoned factory for no reason at all. And then I said, "Never mind, I was wrong. We just need a place where our lead characters can get naked." Yes. Yes. <laughs> You have him on top of her for a little bit, and then all of a sudden he gets up, and there's some more titties. Like yeah. it's just they have to do that. I, I guess I guess there was like some kind of quota in here, because Corman I know his his uh, philosophy with boobs and stuff, but like right. this movie just was all over the place. And then when they wake up the next morning, they take off. You got some sticks playing in the background. <laughs> it's like too much time on my hands or something. Too much. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like a really bad video game. <laughs> yeah, that's what to say. It sounds like when Journey did like the soundtrack for Moon Jumper or wherever the hell that. Or Moon <laughs> Is that Jumper. a thing? <laughs> yeah, there, there, there was a, there was an Atari game that Journey actually did the soundtrack for. Or oh was my it? god! It's I that. The other, yeah. but it sounded kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> was it terrible? Like, no, it was a fun game. It was, yes, it was a pretty good game. Oh. <laughs> oh no! I'm just saying. Like, I, I had no idea Journey made a soundtrack for a video game back in like the '70s. Well, calling it a soundtrack is stretching it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a couple of thumps. Yeah, it's kind of like put Jerry Garcia's guitar through the soundboard. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> but yeah, Richard Lynch and his sweatsuit bikers are still tracking them down. 
And uh, the next battle, we get to see where the doctor gets killed, and as retarded son, uh, <laughs> just his acting, Tom Petty's acting just gets worse and worse, man. Oh, I was listening to the. Hey, would you wait, Ricky? Huh? Would you say that his son has a breakdown? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he, he, he totally bitches it after this. But yeah, I was listening to the commentary on this, and they constantly talked about what a bad actor he was. Oh, How everyone was, oh man, he never did anything after this, <laughs> and they were all thankful for it. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, and, and but you know he had no screen presence, man. Like he just was like. God, it's like he was mm, just bad. Just, I mean, I can't even say. I mean, I I, I like to be constructive, but just no. Well, here, you, here you go. Here's a screen. here's a prime example of his acting skills. What is she doing? <laughs> Looking. <laughs> Looking for what? If we don't find shelter soon, the wind will be here. Or will. <laughs> Are you expecting to say, "I can't find my shoe"? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's essentially like our, a really uninteresting Ralph Wiggum. It's, it's just he really just, is. He really <laughs> is. Because <laughs> he has a dad who's like you know an official. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Jesus! He really is Ralph Wiggum. Apparently, you have to get out in a certain spot in the desert to be able to concentrate, like like our lady does, and she realizes that the mutants have the little girl. So we're going to go beat up some mutants and save the little girl. Oh boy. And then doesn't he try to stop them? Doesn't he try to tell them that, like, you know? Yeah, he's like, going in there is like suicide. You you might get killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, is that a thumbtack on the ground? <laughs> yeah. I see something shiny. About, <laughs> he, he's whining about stuff constantly after this. It's just, the mutants might kill us, and Carmore's probably coming. It's going to get windy really soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. We have to talk about it. The the mutants oh, yeah. live in the mutants live in a cave. Jesus, and we got talking about the uh, in the descendants of Marty, Marty Feldman. <laughs> Marty, they were perfect, Marty Feldman, man. Like, Igor. <laughs> so again, and I just assumed in my head because I didn't do any research on this movie, but I just thought, okay, Roger Corman said, "Hey, there's some empty egg crates over there. Let's just cut the bottoms off of those, paint some little white dots on them. Bang, eyeballs." <laughs> yeah. Roger Corman had nothing to do with this. He yeah. he actively hated this stuff. He he yelled at the filmmakers for it was like, what am I watching in these dailies? This is crap. <laughs> let's not see a lot of these mutants, okay? Let's keep them in the dark in a cave so we don't have to see yeah. their ping pong eyeballs at ping, their ping pong eyeballs and I, cargo I, net outfits. I, I scre- <laughs> oh, the cargo nets are bad. I screenshotted this. This is a conversation I had. It says, oh, great. The movie just introduced cannibals with super wacky prosthetic eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was like, googly eyes, because <laughs> they were so dumb looking. Yeah. But no, like as soon as I was watching it, I, I said that. I was like, oh, my God. Like You, you don't wait till your third act to introduce characters so deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't give us – like they didn't introduce Forrest Gump in the third act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And then I said, well, so while sneaking in there and they, they capture one of the mutants and he says, if you, I don't know, grunt or, you know, drool, whatever <laughs> they do, if you make any sound, show us where the girl is. And if you don't, you know, if you make any noises, then I'll carve you up before I kill you. So yeah, Dave, Dave King, he gets real devious in this thing, man. <laughs> well, you know what's great, though, about this whole scene where he has that, like, the knife or the sword up to that, that the camel's head is... Uh, 
the mask, they put like a worried look on his face. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they actually did that or if they just had one setting aside, but the look on the mask of that bug eyed creature was very worried. It had like the eyebrows and everything it looked like shocked. I just figured it was the yeah, whole time he's like walking around the cave. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was just his face. Like they didn't they they couldn't afford masks. Come oh, on yeah. now. <laughs> I said so we go to save the girl and and on the way out here we get, we get an incredible not really torch fight. I mean, oh god! I mean, come on. Where main characters oh. have swords and flashlights that make you disappear, but now we're going to fight with torches. <laughs> it looked like a routine from American Gladiators. Like yeah. we're, we're like <laughs> hitting each other with the jousting batons. And here's another scene where stunt people suffered on this movie. Absolutely. If you notice, yeah. it, it's on screen. One of the mutants, the one with the burn suit, gets set on fire. He falls into another mutant who doesn't have a burn suit on, and you quickly see yeah. him jump off camera, patting himself out and ripping his headgear off. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw That's that. Terrifying. I rewound it and watched like three or four times. Like, man, that that I'm was not. Watch that. Wow. That was not planned. <laughs> I mean, that dude got he got singed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I caught that too, and I was like, man, there's there's a lawsuit for sure. This scene right here, man, on the way out, the running out, the doctor's son gets attacked. And, you know, yeah. he's like, help me, help me. And David Carradine's like, man, just just kick him off of you. I can't. Then <laughs> David Carradine goes back and says, taste my blade. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he'd stab Marcus. I mean. <laughs> oh, man. But I just, I mean, of all times to deliver a line like that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was done. Uh, apparently, I was listening. I was listening to the commentary. That was done in post. Like they didn't even have dialogue for that. I don't think. <laughs> and they they just made some shit up later. Oh, Lee, Lee, you keep talking about like commentary and behind the scenes and all this stuff. Like, is there a special edition of this? A excellent, uh, of course, Shout Factory release that gives really? this film way more credit than it deserves. It's actually a double feature with uh, Battle, Battle Truck. Which is oh an, yeah. yeah interesting one like this was the original um, uh, Corman releases from like the mid two thousands or whatever yeah like, well, they were they were doing everything Corman yeah, yeah. so you'll you'll probably see this on Blu-ray again because they just did that deal where Corman's kids sold all their stuff to Shout Factory right so yeah yeah we'll be back. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I just saw where I think it's Shout Factory that's releasing. Uh, Scream for help. Oh, God, yeah. no. Are you serious? Yeah. No um, way. Are you, are, you re- are you messing with me, man? Yeah, I, I saw where somebody was releasing it on a Blu-ray, and I was like, how ironic. Wow. Because <laughs> we just talked about how it never nerd, needs to be dude. seen again. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently you and I are way ahead, dude, because like, that's a movie, like, as much as I'd love to see and hear about a lot of things behind the scenes, I don't think there's enough. I don't know. Is there... Is there that clamoring for that movie? It must be. I mean, if they're releasing it. <laughs> Everyone wants to taste the blueberry pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> you ever taste my pancakes? You ever taste my pancakes? You ever taste my pancakes? <laughs> All right, back to this movie. So now we got uh, <laughs> we got uh, our, our playmate coming out with the little girl and, and Lily Tomlin. I mean, uh, Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> and they all get on one motorcycle. And head to Triton. So David Carradine is going to do a little TCB. He's going to get together with Richard Lynch. We're going to have a throwdown. Didn't see that coming, did you? No. Not at uh, all. So, yeah. Uh, 
We have to talk about this chase scene, too, where they're going through... I don't know if it's another city, but it's all these just, you know, underpasses and all this stuff. And that's where you get the sound of the TIE fighter going on. Lots of cool explosions. Lots of really bad motorcycle driving. Um, the one <laughs> the one where he, he's up against the edge of that cliff and he heads towards that other bike and then he, like, lays the bike down and the other bike runs over it and <laughs> makes it jump off the edge of the cliff. Right, yeah. Man, I mean, as a kid, I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's a big explosion too so i don't know that was that was pretty fun but looking at it now you're like wow <laughs> and there's probably yeah, because that's... like you said those bikes are so uneven so they're like yeah we want you to jump this round mm-hmm. they're like ain't no way you can't jump with this thing but this co- this goes on for a long time i mean he's getting rid of all the other sweatsuit biker guys so it gets down to just him and richard lynch and you know they go out in the middle of nowhere which is right outside the town uh, at this point, Richard Lynch has already told the other guys, actually, there were some other bikers left. He told them to go on back, but he said, it's it's over. He said, because they're already back. You know, the girl and, and uh, Tom Petty and them, they've already made it back to the city. <laughs> and they're, you can tell they're up in a building, and they're watching these two face off out in them. It's like, yeah, what's the deal here? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, So they both got Astro Pops, and they just start fighting each other, and we get a bunch of uh, name callings and grunting and sliding around there's one scene in particular i really didn't know what was going on in this scene and it's even scarier when you just hear the audio check this out Man, that's 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 audio from the creepiest porno ever made, probably. You're not as good as your mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I do uh, like this fight, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's you know, it's uh, well, it's what you waited the whole movie for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and it's Lynch and Carradine. I mean, come on, what's not to like? Except for the fact of these plastic swords making metal sword sounds when they hit each other. Uh, <laughs> not shattering. Yeah, they're just like ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's like how about the the sound they make when you just swish them through the air? The the swords are actually called whistlers, and they make this weird whistly <laughs> kind of sound when they when they move. Like, yeah, oh, man, how would you like to be a warrior that fights with a whistler? <laughs> <laughs> I can't find my badass. whistler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the, you know you get a big battle here, and there's a lot of you know cutting each other. And Richard Lynch kind of got the upper hand for quite a bit of it, but then you know Richard Lynch loses his head, and then like three seconds later, chicks there with a horse. <laughs> yeah, she she got there quick. Didn't it's she? like, how did you do that? <laughs> I also like the fact that like. She rolls up and her daughter's on a pony, and her daughter's right there where a severed head's like like four feet away. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know the original beheading of Richard Lynch actually looks really decent for you know for the budget, yeah. and then they make the mistake of coming back to another shot of the head that right. they sort of just focus on for three seconds. Is like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Oh, nice paper that shot. They should. Why, why do they linger? Like, why was that? Yeah, thing. can you can you show a motorbike drive through a field again or something if you really need to pad out your time? Just throw an explosion <laughs> or some titties in there, like really? yeah, <laughs> that's what you're known for. 
Uh, and that, folks, pretty much is the end of this movie. Uh, I was telling Johnny earlier, and, and Johnny, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil what he said, but I actually enjoyed it more the second time watching it for some reason. I, I guess because I already pointed out all the stuff that bothered me, but again, I put myself in the, the frame of mind of being, you know, 11 or so when this would have came on like HBO or something, and I would have been like, yeah. man, this movie rocks. <laughs> I, I, you know, I agree with that. Like, if I, if I were, yeah, if I were a lot younger watching this, I would love it. Um, I mean, motorcycles disappearing, swords that look unusual than what you normally see. I, I was one of those kids, man. I wanted something different, you know. So, this, yeah, this would have done it. Yeah, so. yeah. I know this, this movie is terrible, but uh, I do like it a lot. It does so sort of have like a soft spot in my heart because I watched it at a really young age and it kind of stuck with me. I mean, I bought the DVD, so what does that say, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like me with uh, Treasure of the Four Crowns. You ever seen that? No. Oh, is that one of those Ator movies? It's uh, actually, uh, 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 what's the main character's name? It's where the, it's the treasure of the four crowns. There's these these jewels that you get, and the guy gets the jewels, and it turns him into like this big monster, and he can shoot flames out of his oh. hands. And Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to see that now. Yeah, maybe, that's cool. Maybe we'll do that next episode, because it's not good, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that kind it's of. It's elite. Oh, it, sorry. It's 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 just like this movie. I mean, it's like you can tell that you know it's supposed to be shot in three D. Uh, uh, Anthony uh, uh, Tony Anthony was the star in it, so it's an Italian. It's an Italian knockoff flick of trying to be like uh, Romance in the Stone or something like that. Oh, in, Indiana well, that's Jones. Cool. It's one they, of those. They did movies. a lot of those actually. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll 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 have to dig that one. I'll send you a copy of it so you can check it out, Johnny. We'll decide. Yeah. Things going. I can send you one too, Lee, if you want it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Hey, Lee. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. All right. What so, were they thinking? Yeah. Did you ever once in this movie think, what were they thinking? Um, I question the decision to put so much clothing on David Carradine and, or, I mean, oh, have, him running, have him running around naked as much as he did, and, oh, okay. and having <laughs> Claudia Jennings run around with as much clothes as she did. Okay, like, good. I'm glad yeah. you went there, because I was like, one of my notes says that, <laughs> okay, I'll get there, but, like, it's a lot of less clothing from him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I assume that was probably in his contract or something. It's like, I ain't wearing stuff, dudes. Just, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Spirit, bitches. <laughs> no, no pants for me. It's in the contract. <laughs> you, you, you could put one of them jumpsuits on Claudia here, but I ain't wearing that shit. It's, it's not happening. That's the reason you get, like, a circle of iron where he says, I'm playing all seven characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ricky? Oh, man, this whole movie is just a what were they thinking. I think uh, <laughs> who's in the cast. Um, God, what I was mean, Jerry doing? What, what was Jerry doing? Yeah, hiring Jerry Garcia. For what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of what they're thinking. I mean, just it's just typical Corman stuff, though. And I know this is not t- totally tied to him, but just the production values that went into so much of this stuff that is just well, no production value. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Well, well no, he, he he does take more blame here because he did direct some parts of this. Yeah. So yeah, and I saw that it was you know it's. Uh, it's just the fact of taking things that are laying around and saying, hey, we can use this as a weapon. You know, and that's it's that mentality yeah. that's always a what were you thinking. You know, taking stage lights and use them as, you know, ray guns. Sure, why not? In this movie, the sock puppet is going to be the killer. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, um, just writing all the dialogue and exposition, like almost every scene where they they had any type of dialogue, it was like they explained you so much, so much history. I'm like, could we not show any of this stuff? Like, yeah. why did we have to hear all of it? Like. Yeah. A lot of it was the original director's uh, dialogue that he had for this, and they just sort of had it sitting around after he was gone, apparently. So, it was, well, we got to maybe use it. Yeah, it just it, be, it became padding because I mean, it, yeah. that's so much of this movie ends up just being padding because there's just not enough there to really run on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Lee, did you learn any good lessons from a bad movie? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, have, I have two lessons here. So, first off, in the future. Uh, street motorbikes are apparently made of nit- nitroglycerin, uh, <laughs> so you might want to stay away from those. How do you fuel those. them up? Yeah, how do you fuel them? Like, really? <laughs> like, without blowing up at every gas station? Yeah. Uh, and also, might want to turn off your electric torture wind chimes before you walk into them. <laughs> Just that. <saying. laughs> you know, I, you know, I honestly, though, like, that's, honestly, I can't really say too much, because, like, he was so enthralled with that woman there, like gyrating and like you know, uh, and and after the fact they turn on the you know the wands that she was like being shocked to death that he just completely just went for it. Yep, and he, he does he does have the brain cancer. Yeah. <laughs> he was like my he was like my neighbor's grandma at Golden Corral, dude. Like she sees that when they put that cheesecake up there, dude, she just runs for it. It doesn't matter. They could put like razor blades. They could put a crocodile there. She's gonna <laughs> run for that cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, be aware of solid gold dancing women, you know, because they'll kill you. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my thing I learned is a, a can opener has a dual, a can opener has a dual purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's headgear. Oh, man. These helmets, man. I, I don't know which was, one is, I don't know what's more ridiculous. The fact that they tried to dress theirs up and make them look cooler. But you go, okay, it'd been built cooler if they just had the regular looking, you know, helmets. But when you see the people in the regular looking helmets, you're like, wow, those really look bad. <laughs> yeah. They, they, you they know what's funny is, oh, sorry. I was just, yeah, I was just going to say, they, they tried a little too hard to make this futuristic. I mean, they could have just painted the helmet silver or something. Sure. I mean, come on. No one would have worried about it. <laughs> yeah. You know what happened was, is is they, they had a prop department make all these helmets and stuff. Or they, you know, used them, recycled them or whatever. But what happened was they walked in there and they're like, okay, so we have all these helmets. They're like, oh, they don't look too great. And then they looked over at the other prop department and they're like, oh, well, those cannibals look like ass. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to look, in in comparison, we're going to look really great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I did write down. I missed it a while ago. But I said, did they really cast this guy to play the son's or the doctor's son? Or was it just a favor? (laughs) You know what? It had to be, right? Yeah, I don't. It had to. It, I think he was just like a guy who was around, and they. You want to be in a movie, kid? Because there's no way they screwed. <laughs> and he that said, to "This dude, I love ashtrays." <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> um, for me, like the only good lesson I got from this is, don't like your doctor's medical diagnosis. <laughs> have him arrested. <laughs> like, 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 it's like your doctor's like you have. You have stage three terminal cancer and also butthole AIDS, and you're gonna die soon. <laughs> so, um, it's like, what do you think about that? Um, police, come in here, arrest this guy. This you guy liar. What talking about? <laughs> yeah. Put this crazy okay. man in the dashboard. 
So Lee, how would you upgrade this movie? Um, I've got to repeat myself. More clothes on Carradine, less clothes on Jennings. That's... I do. Mine is so similar to that. I can't wait to say it. I say less clothing on the mutants. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just a mask and a bunch of flop. That's all you need. <laughs> flop like nonstop flop. It's the flop monsters. <laughs> that actually would work better, I think. <laughs> For me, um, the only upgrade I have is I would really have liked less shots of David Carradine's scrote. Like, <laughs> yes. were, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, there's so many shots of him jumping over a camera. Over a camera. I don't need to see his undercarriage, man. Come on. This is ridiculous. Like, are you serious? Like, was that in his contract? Did he, like, specify that? Must be 47 <laughs> shots of my crotch. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. He's, he's both literally and figuratively throwing his balls around in everyone's face on this. Apparently, stretch. yeah. Because, like, in the first 10 minutes, I'm like, how many times am I going to see him jump over a camera? Like, mm-hmm. are you serious with this shit? <laughs> Oh, for me, the only upgrade I really had was, <laughs> I mean, there's a ton, but I think the one that helps <laughs> this thing the most is, is just the, the, the audio of the whole thing. The soundtrack is just, apparently you haven't heard the, 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 um, Jerry Garcia Sonata he wrote for this. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and say, you need to listen to that before you make that decision. Okay. All right. I have to check that out. <laughs> It's, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Jerry Garcia sat in the studio and was like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> hey, we're going to put your name on the soundtrack, right, dude? <laughs> hey, John Paul Jones just did it. You can do it too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Lee, where does, where does this one go on the bus, man? Uh, of course, I don't, um, if you know our system, uh, the very yeah. front is good, the very back is bad, and there's five seats. Yeah, I I put this about middle of the bus, leaning towards the back. Maybe you know, maybe the the movie's on his knees, like looking backwards, like talking to someone at the very back of the bus, kind of thing. Because you know, you know, uh, there, there's a there's a lot of stuff I do love about this, even though it's really terrible. So I I can't totally damn it by kicking it right off the bus or anything. So there you go. Yeah, that that nostalgia thing, man, it gets you. Even though you're it looking does. at a, yeah. even though you're looking at a turd, man, you still go. There's something I still love about this, man. Well, no, <laughs> I tell people all the time, like I go back and I'm like, this is one of my favorite movies ever, and I'm like, oh, but I understand it's actually not very good. It's very, it's a turd. Because <laughs> I, mean, I tell people all the time, like you need to watch this, and I'm like, I tell them, like, yeah, I didn't like it. Like uh, it actually is pretty shitty. So you know, I mean, it's, it, that's on me. That's on me because you know I love crap. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm at the epitome of it because I'm a diehard Kiss fan, and we got Kiss meets the Phantom, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, nice. <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh, we got to do that one. <laughs> Is that bad? Oh, oh have fun, Johnny. Have fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank bad. you, guys. It's bad. Well, okay, let's well, let's set that up. Well, here's here's how it was sold to Kiss when they got ready to do it. They said, "We want you to be in a movie, and it's going to be like a cross between <laughs> a Hard Day's Night." And Star Wars. But here's the problem. What? Yeah, yeah, that was the idea. A cross between Star Wars and, and, a, and a Hard Day's Night, but it's made by Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> <laughs> oh what can go wrong here? <laughs> I feel like... I feel like the drug distribution of the 70s was just way too... way too, like, common and, like, everybody was getting stuff. 
Well, yeah. that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, man. Well, I grew up with Sid and Marty Croft shows. All those, you know, Sigmund the Sea Monster, H.R. Puff and stuff. These are what we were watching as kids, so that wasn't that unusual to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this movie. This wasn't that unusual. Where would you, well, yeah, you see it on the bus, Ricky? Uh, you know what? I, if you would have asked me before I watched it the second time, I would have said second seat from the back. Uh, I'm kind of with Lee. I'd kind of put it in the middle. I, I think I would actually... Might even check this one out again. Nice. Okay. Well, <laughs> this this is this is the first episode where we've had a big difference of opinion. That's all so. right. I'm gonna set this on the last seat in the bus. You don't want to kick it out the back? No, no. I feel like this is. I you know the weird thing is is I it was really strange when I watched this the second time. I I thought the whole time I was like. I just you always put that in the back of your mind, like Battlefield Earth is the worst thing we've done. <laughs> and for some reason, I kept thinking I would rather watch that than this. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why, Whoa. but I kept thinking that. Well, and uh, there is there is the a only, t- there's a ton of filler in this movie. I mean, there really is. There's a ton of filler, and, and I think that's the problem. I think this movie like could be a 45 minute like great little piece, but I feel like that it, the fact that it drags on to 80 minutes like really harms it yeah. and 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 that's and, and again like i'm not yeah there are several things that were competent in this movie yeah. but i feel like there were a lot of things where i'm just like okay i just i can't get on board with that there, there was better nudity in this one than in battlefield earth though definitely okay <laughs> so that's the thing that's the okay no that's the reason they're equals because <laughs> <laughs> battlefield earth it was a terrible terrible movie and it kept going with story, and it was just goofy. Everything just sucked about it. But there was some kind of charm there. Not much, but a little sure. bit. This yeah. one was kind of the same way, except for it, it didn't have as much filler or content. Yeah. But it did make up for that in, like, violence, explosions, and titties. So, yeah. like, I feel like that's the difference. Is like, they're, they're, in, in my opinion, they're both kind of the same. Yeah. This, this movie made a profit. It, it was Really? A, it was, yeah, you want to hear what the budget and box office was for this? This one in theater? Oh, yeah. $150,000 for the budget, which seems excessive. Um, box <laughs> office, $400,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I would think that's pretty good for a Corman flick. Didn't do as good as Death Race. That's no. why they didn't make another one. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Death, Death Race was the, the, the happening thing at that point. So, Well, cool. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Get out of the way! Do you desire to add yet another entry in the endless legion of film review podcasts to your playlist? Can you not stand the thought of having any moment of your dull, pointless, waking life intruded upon with the sounds from the real world, and would prefer to listen to a small cast of assholes talk about movies? Then, they must be destroyed on sight! Probably meets your bare minimum requirements. Join Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest hosts as they talk about films from every genre, ranging from the obscure and schlocky to the well-known top-dollar classics. Look for They Must Be Destroyed On Sight on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, and Facebook. That's They Must Be Destroyed On Sight. Hey, you guys! 
All right, folks, that's going to do it for another episode here. And first and foremost, I want to thank Lee for joining us today, man. And like yes. I said, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, so it's been an absolute blast. But before we cut yes. away, man, before we cut away, I want you to just go ahead and tell everybody where we can find you at and all the different projects you got going on. I know there's even like a, a music thing you had going on or you still got going on from time to time. So, yeah, tell us about it, man. Yeah, okay, so... If you want to find my podcast, They Must Be Destroyed on Site, which is a sort of describe it as the projection booth without the budget, the talent, the production values. Uh, actually, it's not really like the projection booth at all, except for we don't <laughs> we don't really stick we don't really stick to one genre. We just kind of do whatever the hell we want to do at any given oh, yeah. time. Yeah. We're, we're constantly doing a lot of horror movies, though, so there you go. Uh, all summer, actually, we're doing horror movies. Um, but if you want to find that, you go to tmbdos.podbean.com, and you can hear my co-host, Daniel, Paul, and myself uh, talk bullshit about movies. Um, there's also a side podcast that you can find there as well called Blood on the Tracks, which yep. is just me pretending to be a radio show host and play music from movie soundtracks that I really enjoy. And uh, I missed a month on that one, but um, just because I've just been too busy this summer. But uh, that the newest episode of that should be out at the end of the month. It, it's always scheduled for basically the end of every month. So there you go with that. And uh, I also have another little side podcast mm -hmm. that I do with my friend James Murphy uh, called City of the Dead. And that can be found at his website pex lives which is um you have to search for it a little bit because it's actually like a doctor who uh centric website but uh the city of the dead podcast i do with him we've been talking about the amicus horror movies um Ooh. and we've we've gone through all those uh we've done some amicus non-horror movies and there might still be a couple that we haven't covered that we'll come back to but uh, we're sort of branching out now and doing some hammockus, uh, hammockus, not hammockus, hammockus, <laughs> hammockus. That's 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 like a that's a. a that's a podcast actually. It's a, it's a side yeah. dish. It's just, yeah, <laughs> no, that, no, no, there is there's a podcast called hammockus. Uh, oh really? Okay, <laughs> yeah. so that that that'd be like uh, pigs in space, but pigs in Rome instead. Yeah, someone would be called hammockus. Um, but yeah, no, hammockus adjacent films that we're doing. So we're we're, we're picking like um. Other other uh, sort of portmanteau uh, films, you know, anthology horror films, Dude, and just yeah, and just uh, also just you know, sort of low budget British horror films, hammerish stuff that you know, just like the Amicus stuff. So we're yeah. just having fun talking about that crap. So yeah, that's awesome. that's about it. Dude, From Beyond the Grave is literally one of my favorite movies ever. That is my favorite it's, Amicus film of all time. It, it, yeah, okay. It's, oh, you and I agree. Like, yeah. I, as far as Amicus, Amicus goes, yeah, def definitely. Yeah. I am Amicus! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's really funny is, like, back I worked at a video store back in the 90s, and we had a copy of From Beyond the Grave, and I played that, because the thing is, you could only play movies that were PG. You couldn't play anything more than that. And so, when I was there working, I put in non-stop, you know, from Beyond the Grave. And when they released it on DVD and stuff, there's a lot of stuff cut out of that. A lot. Yeah. And no, nobody talks about it. But there was a lot of blood and stuff. In the first segment with David Warner, a mm -hmm. lot of stuff cut out. Like, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's killing. He's basically bringing women up to his uh, flat and killing them on the behest of a uh, 
Perhaps Rob Jack Zombie. Ripper, pretty, uh, yeah. Well, perhaps <laughs> Jack, Jack the Ripper's uh, spirit in a mirror. So yeah. <laughs> but I, I do want to say, man, like awesome. I we love having you on, man, and uh, you're welcome anytime, dude. Yeah, like, absolutely. Well, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Thank you very much, and uh, well, we'll have to work out something to uh, get you guys on uh, one of my podcasts too. Absolutely, so. yeah. And like I said, it's just been been trying and trying to figure out a way to to, to make this happen. So, and we even had some some roadblocks here. We were we were trying to do yeah. this for a year. <laughs> I, me- I messed up the first time. That was the, the first time I messed up. So, well, I think we tried even before that, and it just couldn't get oh, schedules wow. together and all that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, man, I'm I'm pleased to, that you got to join us, man. And, and yeah, like, like awesome, Johnny dude. said, yeah, any anytime, be glad to have you back. And and uh, it's it's been a fun show, man. So all of you out there that's <laughs> listening, make sure you check out Lee's stuff. Uh, make sure you check out our stuff. Why not? <laughs> We've all got shows too. Um, but also, just uh, you House know, of you, wax. yeah, House of Wax, and then the uh, Ninja Terminators are our superiors. <laughs> yeah. Well, House of Wax, though, like, let's say they're like W H A C K S. That's right. So wax. I told people about it, and they've they've gone to WAX and like, no, it's not that. (laughs) So you got to let them know. That's right. It's an awesome podcast, House of Wax with WHAC Cast. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, do it. Yeah, let's let them know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, no, because like if they go to House of Wax, they're going to watch Paris Hilton for like. 45 minutes before <laughs> she dies. Like, are you serious? Well, <laughs> that might be a little better. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We're going to sign off. Lee, again, thanks for hanging with us, man. Johnny. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for hanging, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. And we will see y'all later. Adios. Word. Word.